Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Shabbat Shalom. So outer space, outer space completely blows my mind. I'm fascinated by it, and yet conceptually, I'm really tough to get my head around it. It's a little cold in here, isn't it? <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm not taking a vote on this one. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll find our medium space. Outer space completely blows my mind. I'm fascinated by it, yet conceptually, really tough to get my head around. Like, for example, looking at the stars at night and considering that the light that we're looking at took hundreds of thousands of light years to reach the capacity of our eyes to see. And the stars themselves are likely long dead. In terms of space exploration, this past year has been remarkable. The images coming back from the James Webb Space Telescope, have you seen any of those? absolutely stunning. Looking back in time, 100 billion years. And this past week, we are doing something about that. Actually, um, you, um, can you get back to the air? Yeah, we've, we've, we've got our own uh, AC guy here. Uh, this past week, uh, NASA stayed close to home, sending a spaceship the size of a vending machine called DART about seven million miles away for one purpose, to crash into an asteroid named Dimorphos, the asteroid the size of a football stadium. Why? To slow it down a fraction of a second. Why do that? To save the planet Earth. No, this asteroid was not headed our way, but with the likelihood at some point in the future, perhaps a couple centuries away, like the one that wiped out the dinosaurs, an asteroid might deliver the same fate to human beings. So if we know it's coming, and with enough warning, and can knock it off its course, even a fraction of a second, it could save us and the planet. And sure enough, after flying in space for 10 months, I told you the target asteroid was close by, traveling 14,000 miles an hour, DART successfully crashed into its target. The last 30 seconds, you could see the camera getting closer and closer to the asteroid, and then, boom, no more camera, but some elated NASA uh, employees and scientists. Um, and it will only take NASA scientists a few days to see whether the asteroid indeed has changed its course. So the science is 
yes, mind-boggling, and the scientists who can design and pull off such a feat, um, all worthy of a Nobel Prize. What I am able to do is to see the metaphors for us to consider on this Shabbat Shuvah, this Shabbat of return, this Shabbat which always falls between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, uh, designed, uh, designed for us to continue the primary spiritual work at the heart of these high holy days. That being a return to our best selves, going through the hard work of repentance, to directly ask for forgiveness from those we have hurt and accept the forgiveness of those who have hurt us. For those ways we have turned our backs on God, those things only God knows, we directly ask God to forgive us. Complete repentance is realized when, when we are faced with the same temptations, the same patterns of behavior that have been baked in all of our lives. We make better choices. We break the chain of indiscretions and bad decisions. Though the scale is dramatically different than outer space, the ingredients for success overlap. As it is for the small spaceship vis-a-vis -vis the large asteroid, so it is for us. Teshuva, changing our course, often requires just a slight course adjustment, baby steps, one at a time, and it could make all the difference. It can save a marriage, a friendship, redirect us professionally, even save our lives. The sooner we can identify destructive behavior um, that often comes with low self-esteem, then the sooner that we can curb it and the higher probability we will avoid something destructive. Like our little spaceship dart, we are not alone. Think of all the people responsible for dart's success. Think of the people that have an influence on us in our lives. The company we keep, as it were, that make all the difference in the trajectory of our lives, one that leads to fulfillment, knowing we are all works in progress and all of us require course corrections. Yet most importantly, knowing we are not alone. As we speak, there are seven telescopes deployed from other countries and from outer space, all tracking the impact the spaceship had on changing the course of the asteroid. Just think of all the people whose lives are intertwined with our lives. We are not alone, and we can't go it alone. In this week's Torah portion, Vayelech, God speaks to Moses 
knowing Moses is preparing to die. God speaks to Moses, and I will paraphrase, Moses, once you're gone, you and I both know, this people, the stiff-necked Israelites, will go back to their evil, wayward ways and bow down to the closest golden calf close by, to the nearest golden calf close by. Just a few verses before, Moses encourages the people not to be intimidated by Torah. He assures them that Torah is not in the heavens. It's not beyond the seas. No, rather, it's very close in your mouth and in your heart. On the heels of Moses' assurance to the people, God does something extraordinary, goes one step further. He tells Moses to write down a poem and teach it to them so that they put it in their mouths to recite. And the poem that Moses teaches brings together the expanse of the heavens and the earth. It's no different than humanity's exploration of outer space. Yes, to physically protect us from harm, but to understand the lessons from Torah taught in a poem that I'm giving you a sneak preview of next week. Ha'azinu ha'shamayim va'adabera Give ear, O heavens, let me speak. Let the earth hear the words I utter. This connection between us and the greater world, the greater expanse, has always inspired awe, curiosity, and exploration. In the spirit of Shabbat Shuvah and Yom Kippur, just around the corner, knocking us off a destructive path, returning us to our very best, incrementally growing, surrounding us with people that love and care about us, as we do for each of you. Shabbat Shalom. 